I am in my thriving season and I have been, I was in a season of survival for a long time. I want to flourish in this season. And so um, that's kind of like how I'm transitioning what Broke on Purpose looks like. We're going from surviving to being able to thrive. It's just really getting to a point where you just love where you are. Your money is doing what it's supposed to be doing in the background. You don't got to worry about that. Your family is good. Your health is good. And you're living your version of a rich life. Mm -hmm. And I want that for any and everybody who is listening to this podcast today. On today's episode of Wealth and Wisdom Together, our guest is Dr. Melody Wright, fellow accredited financial counselor, financial coach, and financial educator. And we're having a candid conversation about going from financial shame to financial empowerment, being aimlessly broke, being broke on purpose, to thriving and reaching financial fulfillment. It is a great episode. Tune in. Welcome to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. This is the podcast that empowers you to unleash your steward identity, transform your money mindset, and engage the habits to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. So sit back and relax as we dig deeper into wealth and wisdom together. Welcome to another episode of Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. If you are looking for the Abundant Living Podcast, you're in the right place. We've changed our name to align our podcast with how we are called to serve. We want to help Christians break free from a scarcity mindset to embrace wealth and wisdom together. We want to help you manage your money with confidence, live your life with purpose, and intentionally build wealth while taking care of your mind, your heart, and your soul. And that's why we need wealth and wisdom, both of them. Ecclesiastics 7, 11, and 12 says, it is good to have wisdom along with an inheritance. They give a clear advantage to those who see the sun. For together, wisdom and money are alike in this. Both offer protection from life's misfortune. But the real advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom alone preserves the lives of those who have it. We want to help you tap into that advantage, wealth and wisdom together. I'm so glad that you are with us. And our guest today is um, Melody Wright. And I am so excited to have our sister on with us on this episode. There are things that can happen in life that become an actual catalyst for your transformation. It also becomes a catalyst for you to get on a path to experience financial fulfillment. And you know, when we refer to financial fulfillment, that is you defining wealth in your terms, in the manner of how God has revealed it to you, the things that you need to do and how you define it according to the capacity that he's provided for you. Our guest today is Melody Wright, and she's a trained PhD scientist. Actually, she was a, I want to pronounce this right, a parasitologist. <laughs> Did I say that right? I've been practicing. (laughs) I've been practicing. (laughs) But she left the lab behind to become a financial empowerment coach, a certified financial education instructor, a speaker, and a personal finance author. Now, Dr. Wright is the founder of Broke on Purpose, 
which is a financial empowerment company with a mission to help bridge the gap between financial education and financial wellness. And through her company, she's helped thousands of individuals stop being, I love this term, aimlessly broke. See, you found it broke on purpose to stop you from being aimlessly broke. And I'm sure she's going to explain that. She works with clients to help them develop the skills and knowledge needed to build financial resilience and a life with options. And I love that. And she's been featured on Rachel Ray and she's been a money expert in Glamour magazine. I'm just so glad that she has stopped by the Wealth and Wisdom Together podcast to talk with us because we want to know about the transformational journey that she's experienced in her life. Let me start with this question. What was that transition? What was it that made you decide, even though you're so passionate about science, why did you decide to leave the world of science behind and become a financial educator? And, and it's interesting because Willa's background is environmental science and she's a financial educator. <laughs> true, true, true. So we have two scientists on the episode yeah. today. We're analytical. <laughs> well, ladies, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. It is an honor to be here and to speak with you all. And Willa, it must be something about those benches and those Girl. safety goggles Girl. and Let them not go. being able to wear closed-toed shoes in the right. lab that made us just be like, you know what, let's go do something else. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, your question is a really great question. What was the reason why I pivoted from being a PhD scientist and working in the lab and working on projects like dealing with malaria. And actually, I was working as a medical science liaison with Janssen, and I was working in their infectious disease division. So I did a lot in infectious diseases. But honestly, while all that stuff was really cool and exciting for me, it didn't excite me as much as helping people get their money together, right? Because you're not going to meet somebody who has malaria every single day. I mean, granted, people are living and surviving and leading fulfilled lives with HIV now due to the advancements in medicine. But a lot of the things that we do behind the scenes there, you don't get that fulfillment that you would get when you would sit down and help somebody be able to have that aha moment with their money or be able to realize that they have one end and they have another end. And here's how you make them meet and keep Mm -hmm. them connected Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck. And so for me, it was just how much fulfillment and how purpose-driven it was to be able to work with people with their finances that easily made me help me make the switch between continuing to stay in science or moving into personal finance as a career choice. I know you have an amazing financial transformation story. So how did that play a role into you deciding to become a financial educator? Yeah. So um, so while I was actually doing my PhD, and again, I was in a parasitology lab. And so when you're in a parasitology lab, you already go into it knowing that it's going to take you a little bit longer to graduate versus your other colleagues who might be in a different type of lab and working mm-hmm. on different types of projects. So our typical graduation time averaged between six and a half to seven years. Like that's how long it took you to get a PhD mm-hmm. when other people were getting out in like four. So we were in it for the long haul. And I remember it was, I think it was like my third or fourth year, my PI, who was basically my mentor at the time, he came in and he was like, hey, you're going to graduate in December. And this is March. And I'm like, 
really? Like, that's <laughs> odd. Because remember, I just gave you this timeline of like when we typically graduate. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm, we're going to get you out of here in December. And I was like, do you think I'm ready? Because I'm like, there's <laughs> right. I'm graduating? And he's like, yeah, you know, and I knew that he had been talking about retiring. So mm -hmm. I figured like this is was his way because I was his last student. <laughs> so he was like, let me get her out of here so I can go get on the golf course and enjoy my retirement. <laughs> so um, I ended up going home that evening and I was like, okay, if I'm graduating, I need to kind of sit down and look at the numbers. Like mm -hmm. that means my student loans are going to be starting back. And mm -hmm. I was basically like, cosplaying as like a type A planner when it came to my finances. So, okay. and I say cosplaying because like I would plan, but I really wouldn't plan. Like I would look <laughs> at the numbers, but I really wouldn't stick with it. So I was cosplaying as a financial God, person. Cosplay. Um, <laughs> so I was like, let me just pull all the numbers together and see what we came up with. So I like added all the debt, the car loans, mm -hmm. the student loans, and once I finished adding everything up, I was like really shocked at the number that was staring back at me on the screen. I was like, maybe I like carried it. Maybe I multiplied when I should have been. <laughs> and like, this, is, this is not right. <laughs> I was in denial because on that screen, it read $212,000. And this was my debt. And on top of that, it did not include the mortgage. I had not even added in the mortgage ah. yet. So we had $212,000 of debt and it did not include my mortgage. Seeing that number, I think I had an out-of-body experience. It was just like, it takes your breath away. <laughs> right, absolutely. And I'm so pretty sure I went through like, you're still right. a student. And I'm a student, right? <laughs> I'm a student living off a student salary. So why do I have this much debt? And I'm pretty sure I went through the seven stages of grief. Like first it was like, you know, I was sad, then I was angry, then I was in denial. Like it was just like like none of this was computing for me that I had this much debt. But I did. And I could have went and told my husband about it, but I didn't. So I was just like, well, shoot. And like, what are we going to do? So I had this bright idea because remember, I'm cosplaying as this like financial person. Like I know how I know how to get my money. Right? So I had this bright idea that I was going to go to the bank and ask them for a debt consolidation loan because I was like, I've done those before. I know how they work. They'll just help me consolidate the debt. I'll have like one low monthly payment, hopefully a lower APR, right? And I'll be, we'll be able to knock this stuff out and we'll keep it going. And I won't have to say anything to my husband, right? I will oh just God. keep acting as if everything's cool. I think it's important that we hold these financial um, services companies accountable mm -hmm. for how they treat their members. Okay. So mm -hmm. I go to my bank at the time, which was Wells Fargo. And I go and I'm going to apply for a personal loan because I want to do debt consolidation. Now, listen, <laughs> I knew that this debt consolidation loan was really going to be my only chance at being able to figure out what I was going to do with this debt because mm -hmm. I couldn't ask my parents for money. Like they didn't have any money. Like I was trying not to tell my husband about it. Right. Cause I didn't mm -hmm. want to deal with that. So I'm just like, this is really my last chance. Cause I ain't got nothing else. So I go and I talk to, I guess he must've been the loan manager at the time. And I'm sitting in his office and he's like taking all my information and he's like putting it in the computer and I'm looking around his office and I was like, I got to like butter this man up. Like, <laughs> I got to get this loan. Right, <laughs> like, right. Because <by> <laughs> he needs to understand. 
Right. right. So I'm in here and I'm like looking at the pictures. I'm like, oh, are are those your kids? And like, I'm talking about the kids. I could care less about these kids, honey. But I'm like, are those your kids? Oh, okay. Well, they play bass. Like asking him questions. Let's, sir, I really need you to process this loan. Just say yes. All right. And I'm trying to make him laugh and trying to be like, we here, we skin folk, whatever. Um, And he turns around and he looks at me and he goes, Miss Wright, it says here that the bank will be in touch. Now, y'all know, anytime (laughs) y'all see something that says the bank is going to send you a letter in the mail or the bank will be in touch, that Mm -hmm. means you did not get what you applied for. It means no. It it means no. Right. It means no. So this man done told me that I'm not getting this loan to consolidate my debt. And I wanted to be like, forget your kids, right? But I'm like walking out of the bank and in my head, I'm just like, like, what am I going to do? Right. Because, again, that was my only option in my that that I knew of for trying to um, get this debt under control. And as I'm leaving, though, even though he told me like the bank would be in touch, not once did he said, but hey. We have resources here to help you budget. We have resources here to help you kind of plan out your finances. We have a a coaching, something, financial education. Like he offered absolutely nothing. And so I walked out of that bank. When it comes to a lot of these financial institutions, the only thing they could think about is how can we keep her money in our bank? That's right. That's their focus, Mm -hmm. right? But not how can we give her money to help her better herself, Mm -hmm. right? Or help her get her out the situation. But they're just trying to focus on keeping money in their pocket. And I understand that, right? I don't bank with them anymore. But (laughs) so I walked out of there and I realized that the onus was on me to figure Mm -hmm. out how I was going to get off from under this $212,000 of debt. And again, that did not include my mortgage. So I went (laughs) home, y'all. And I knew I had to tell my husband at this point because uh-huh. I was like, I can't keep carrying this around. Mm-hmm. So I was like, do I like do I cook his favorite meal? And then while he's <laughs> eating, I just casually bring it up as if we're talking about our day. Do I wait and put on something nice? You know, like, <laughs> hey, babe, just dropping on him then. Like, how do I tell this <laughs> this much debt but i had to tell him because i was like i've exhausted the option that i knew of right and i knew mm-hmm. i couldn't like apply anywhere else because i was going to get denied and so i think i just walked in his office <laughs> and i i i was like hey i gotta tell you something you know dr bergman said i'm gonna be graduating early yada 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 looked at the numbers and we have two hundred and twelve thousand dollars of debt now this is where i feel like i might have replaced my memory with the memory of what I wanted to happen because he was so calm. And I'm just like, did that really happen? Or did I like replace the memory with him being calm? But he was so calm. Mm. He was like, Mm. okay, so what are we going to do about it? And I was like, don't worry. (laughs) I got a plan. Why did I say that? Because I had no idea what I was going to do. It was your cosplay. Right. It was me cosplaying as the person who was like financially, like I was financially literate. I was smart. I could figure it out. Like I'm getting a whole PhD. I should be able to figure out some numbers. Right. So told him I figured it out. And that's when I just dove into anything and everything personal finances. Mm-hmm. And I just began to just eat up that knowledge and soak in that knowledge. And I figured out, okay, all of this isn't going to work for me. So I got to figure out how to make this information work with me. And what I ended up doing was creating what I call my money management 
management system. Mm. And by utilizing that money management system, I was able to see how income was coming into our life and then being able to figure out how I was going to use it for living, for saving and for paying down debt. Mm -hmm. And by utilizing that system, we were able to pay off over $100,000 of debt in less than three years. And that's mm-hmm. because, again, I just focused on what was going to work for us, ignored all that other information and just focused on what was going to work for us. And so that's we so ended up paying off that debt in less than three years. And throughout that time, we also started living broke on purpose, which mm-hmm. is how basically broke on purpose came about. Because mm-hmm. while we were working on paying off all this debt, my mom would call and she was like, hey, you can do this, but let's do that. And I'm like, mom, I can't. I'm broke. And she's like, you're not broke. And I'd be like, well, like, I guess this time I'm broke on purpose. <laughs> and I would say it so much to her that she would be like, yeah, Melody over there being broke on purpose. <laughs> and it just it became this like running joke, mm-hmm. but it started to stick. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, yeah, I'm broke because I'm doing everything correctly with my money yeah. instead of being aimlessly broke where I can't mm-hmm. even tell you where my money went. Mm-hmm. And so that's how broke on purpose came about. I love this story. It's so many Long things. story short, right? No, but it's just so many things <laughs> that I, I can, I just want to, we could go in so many different directions, right? Yes. So first of all, I love the the broke on purpose. We call it seasons of frugality. Yes, we do. You have your advanced degrees earning and, and feel like I earn enough too. How many times have you heard that? I mm-hmm. earn enough too, or I earn enough and I should be able to. Yep. That part, I should Mm -hmm. be able to. Mm -hmm. And so in the I earn enough and I should be able to is like, yes, you and you actually can. But based upon where you are, the chaos in your finances right now and where it is you're saying you want to go and the Mm -hmm. clarity that you want and the awareness that you want. These are some of the things that you're going to have to do. But I don't want to be broke. You're not broke. This is how you are choosing to spend your money and right. you can make very informed decisions and you can be very empowered. Like you, in your case, I'm broke on purpose or I'm choosing to put my money over here rather than yeah. there. So I love that, that you even talk about being broke on purpose and how you had to do that. And the other piece is, is the fact of as a, a, a person with an advanced degree and coming to grips with your financial situation, did that affect you in other areas of your life from the standpoint? Like you said, I have a PhD. I should know how to work my finances, but that's not always the case. Well, you know what? It's not your main focus. And plus, your mindset toward money might be very different than your mindset toward education, which your parents may have stressed. Go to school, go to school, go. You know that, but they didn't necessarily mold into you how to manage money. So yes, you were going to school, but you didn't necessarily know how to make the most positive decisions toward money management. Now, one thing, Wes, that that you were saying, I love it. We do call them seasons of frugality, and I love it that your mom (laughs) would say, "You ain't broke." You you you. But we get those answers from people. People we love and we respect them. You know, I have a goal. And that is not on the list of the things that will get me closer to my goal. So I choose to spend on that list that's going to get me closer to that goal. And unapologetically 
go forward and reach your goal and be broke on purpose and not aimlessly broke. I, I love that. I love the way you came yeah. up with that and how it just was casual. And oh, this is going to work. I think I'll use that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I started to share it on. So I was a lifestyle blogger at the time. Um, some people might be able to find some of my old beauty blog stuff and YouTube what? videos, but mm -hmm. I was lifestyle blogging. Um, and so I started to talk about my financial journey on my lifestyle blog because I was like, mm -hmm. we don't talk about this. And this is like back in 2015, 2000. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2015. Mm -hmm. So there weren't many finance blogs out there. They were out there, but they weren't there weren't many finance blogs out there of people who looked like us, right? right? And so or came from our backgrounds and had our same type of financial situations. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, I just started sharing about it. So I was like, "Hey, this is how much debt I have. This is what I'm doing to pay it off. And I would post about it. And I started to see like it was gaining a lot of traction because people wanted to, like people were really interested because they wanted to know, like, what are you doing to pay this off? Like, how are you making this work? Because truth be told, they were living in similar situations, but they just hadn't told anybody. And a lot of us will sit and suffer in silence for fear of being shamed, for being judged, for yep. being ridiculed about not knowing or not making the best decisions with our money when truth be told we are educated but we have never sat down and had financial literacy classes or financial right. education to the point where we can confidently say yes i know how to use my money this way i know i should put my money in a high yield savings account i know i should be investing i know i should be doing this that and the third we haven't had that and so i tell a lot of people who have these advanced degrees are, are in these really important career professions that mm -hmm. you can't fault yourself for the things that you didn't learn. Absolutely. But what I want you to That's do is right. applaud yourself for the fact that you're sitting here in front of me and having a conversation about money, because that means that you are taking the steps to become knowledgeable. So yes. while we can honor the past, we can't live in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And so I started to share about being broke on purpose on my lifestyle blog. It became so big that I moved it over to its own platform. That's when the broke on purpose brand really really came about. Mm -hmm. And that's when I just really started sharing. Um, and I think during that first year of living broke on purpose, we had paid off Oh my goodness, why can't I think of the number? But we had paid off, I think, almost $20,000 of debt within that first year of living broke on purpose. And I hope I got that number right. Um, but then every year we were able to pay off a little bit more and a little mm -hmm. bit more because not only were we becoming more streamlined and focused, but we were able to refine our plan every yes. single year. So every time we were using the money management system, we were able to make it work for ourselves and mm -hmm. be able to use our money wisely. Wow. And so, you know, I, I typically tell people like, don't get down on yourselves when you're dealing with this, you know, God is going to use the mistakes that you made for a purpose. Yes. So you got to think about that. You went through this for a reason. Like mm -hmm. Fantasia has a really great song. Um, it was necessary where mm -hmm. she says, I am who I am today because God used my mistakes. And when I think about the entire Broke on Purpose brand, that would have never have come about had I not made those financial mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I think about it as a plan of God, because had I not made those financial mistakes, and while I wish I hadn't made them, and I wish I would have been investing and doing all the right things with my money. However, had I not made those mistakes, I would have never created the brand and I would have never been able to reach thousands and thousands of people mm -hmm. that I'm reaching today and helping them with their money. So again, it was necessary. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's fulfilling the call and purpose for your life. Yes. That's 
Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, you feel more aligned with your calling purpose. Yes. 100%. Why I love science, why I love infectious diseases, well, I can sit there and be all up in that. People are like, how do you even, I'm like, because it's cool. You don't see how that sale and that virus, I'm like <laughs> nerding out, right? But then, but when I, I'm like, that's great, but I don't get the same fulfillment as I yeah. do when I work with people. And so that was really important to me. Like I, when I go to work every day, I want fulfillment. And if I don't get fulfillment in my job, I don't want to do it. But environmental was wonderful <laughs> i love that but you're right when you see a client sit before you and they get that aha moment it is so valuable it just it fills you up it's like this is great mm -hmm. this is great some you learned it and now you've been able to share that with somebody else it just does more than anybody can ever Explain. Not even that, Willa. It's like you're getting to like because they learned it and now they're mm -hmm. going to pass on that knowledge to yes. somebody in their family. Yes. And then yes. that person is going to pass on the knowledge to yes. somebody else. Generation so not well. only did you light one person's torch, but mm -hmm. you enabled them to light yes. the torches of others. Absolutely. And somebody told me, Patrice Washington, mm -hmm. we've worked with her. We mm -hmm. love Patrice. Mm -hmm. And she was speaking life over me and she was like, you're a torch bearer. Ooh. You have to carry this torch and you have to do the work to light the torch of others. And so that I always keep that in mind, especially because let's be honest, with any career, there could be burnout. With mm -hmm. any career, there could be some exhaustion mm -hmm. and how you do things. And so, but I keep that in mind sometimes when I'm just feeling really tired and I'm just thinking about changing directions, not moving away from coaching, but how I want to do coaching. I mm -hmm. always have to remember no matter what I'm doing, I've got to be that torch bearer because I got to be there to light the torches of others. So how would you describe your relationship with money now compared to before and now? Mm -hmm. Are we best friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. So me and money now, it's kind of, okay. So think about it this way. You know how in some relationships, and this could be different for people who are listening, but when you're young and you have a relationship with your mother, it's usually like, well, she's the elder and you're the child, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you got to be respectful. But then mm -hmm. when you become older yourself, you can have this girlfriend type relationship with your mom mm -hmm. where, and again, it depends on the relationship where you can just talk and laugh and share mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. so much with her. Like I think before the relationship that I had with money was where I felt like I it was an elder. I really didn't know how to navigate around it. I just knew I mm -hmm. had to be respectful of it. Right. Money was able to do this, this, and that. That was it. But mm -hmm. now I feel like I've gotten to a point with money where I'm just like, girl, like, what can we invest in? Like, I can just be at ease with money because mm -hmm. I know how to use it. Because money is a tool. Yes, it is. And because yes. I know how to wield that tool and make it do what I want it to do for me. Mm -hmm. I feel really comfortable when it comes to money. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't deal with, still deal with having a scarcity mindset. Because mm. a lot of times when people come from paying off a lot of debt like I did, there's trauma associated yes. with that, that there's some PTSD. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, actually, I, I don't think I really got over that until maybe the end of last year, I carried around a lot of PTSD or trauma with that experience of paying off that debt because I never wanted to go back to it again. Yeah. And so it made me adopt this scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And I say that because in the back of my head, I was always like, what if? What if I can't spend money on that? Because what if, well, what, like, what if I get laid off? Or what if this, or what if that? Well, you know, always, right? To the yeah. point where 
I wasn't allowing myself to fully be able to use money in the way that I should be able to use it. And I didn't start to be able to do that until la- end of last year where I was like, well, shoot, it's here. There are things that I want to do. I need to be able to let it go so that I can release it and it come back to me. But when it comes back to me, it's bringing a lot more money with it. Right. So I had to let go of those what ifs and just say, all right, take the risk, do the thing. And I Mm -hmm. think now that I'm able to do that, I'm living more abundantly because I've gotten rid of the Mm. scarcity mindset. And that (laughs) takes time. It It does. does. It takes time. And I will still tell people that while you're feasting, you need to be preparing for a famine. Now, I still tell people that. But do it to the point where you know you're not so focused on money vigilance that you still allow yourself to be able to honor the life that you have to live because you Mm -hmm. only have one honor it do the things that you want to do but also make the right choices with your money but don't do it out of fear yeah it's it's funny that you mentioned that the scarcity mindset that comes Mm -hmm. with coming out of that and even when you're building because i have to even recognize that i still struggle with it a little bit myself when you're beyond that season of frugality because I was mm-hmm. in that season of frugality for so long where I was cutting coupons, signing up for all the reward things. I, anything that you could do to save money. And my moniker was just because I have to spend don't mean I'm going to spend it. And I made it like a game to be like, mm-hmm. see, it just costs such and such and such, you know, right here. But if I go over here, I can get it over here on consignment and I can get the same thing. Cheap. Like I would like actually make a game out of it. And it would kind of like fuel me to try to find the best uh-huh. prices and all mm-hmm. that but then but mm-hmm. when I really sat down and think thought about it I really realized still me dealing with a scarcity mindset especially mm-hmm. when my husband would be like because we'll, <laughs> something as simple as going to the movies really and and he'll be getting ready to pay and I'll be like wait a minute I gotta get let me get the rewards card because we get free popcorn <laughs> and we get and my husband would be like girl and I'm like, I, I mean, I think I still do that though. I'm like, but I, it's the I free, mean, but it's the free popcorn. It's Tuesday. Let's go on Tuesday. You know? But then, and then I would I say, when you take it to levels and to extremes, right? Yes, and so, yes. when you take it to the extreme, to where you're yes. like, no, you drop toothpaste in this thing. I need you to pick that up and put that back <laughs> on your, you know, like that's when you'd be like, okay, he, okay, girl, you got You can buy some more toothpaste. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's good to use the reward cards. It's good to use the perks, the points. But you're right. There are levels. If right. you say, I can't go because I don't have it. You can. <laughs> can still go. Enjoy right. yourself. You'll yeah. get it the next time. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think but I was levels. saying all that to say that I had to realize where that was coming from. Mm-hmm. And that that was actually coming from a scarcity mindset. And that I can, in, in a lot of instances, just relax that. You know, yeah. because I am yeah. still honoring not only our goal, our plan, but I'm still honoring, like you said, our lifestyle. And I don't mm-hmm. have to. I just have to recognize where that's coming from. And if it's coming and, from that place, then I need to kind of like be in a position to check that. And let me add to that, because so we lived rock on purpose for so we paid off that $100,000 of debt in less than three years. Mm-hmm. And then once we got to that. 30 that third year mark mm-hmm. i was like baby i'm tired 
I because <laughs> we was hustling. Like right. we we were hustling when it came to like, all right, I gotta make this extra money. Again, I still had the lifestyle blog, so I was pulling in like brand partnerships, and any money that came in went straight to debt. So mm-hmm. it like it hit my bank account. I take out what I needed for taxes, do whatever I need to do, and then you know, boom, mm-hmm. yep. it would go to the debt. And so we didn't get to enjoy any of that money. So imagine if we would have been able to use $100,000 in our lives to do other things besides pay off debt. And so it got to the point where I was just like, yeah, I want to pay off this whole 212, but this, this ain't sustainable. <laughs> like this, this ain't, this mm-hmm. ain't it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. had to pull back from the extreme living that we were doing of trying to be broke on purpose to say, we are still going to work on paying off our debt, but we're also going to live at the same time. So this is when we adopted a life of balance. And so mm-hmm. we were still had the goals, like you said, reaching your goals, working towards the goals, but also being able to give yourself the opportunity to go on vacation, give yourself the opportunity to not order pizza only on Fridays, right? but actually go sit down in a <laughs> restaurant because that's what we would do. We were like, we're going to order this pizza on Friday. Like this is our eating out. We had all those things, mm-hmm. but we started to loosen up the purse strings a little bit and started to live more. And I, and that was was just so helpful for us because it allowed us just to be able to grow more and do more. And again, we could have kept going and paid off the $212,000 in full, but to what detriment, right? And you got to think about yourself in this journey too, to the health, to your mental state, to your emotional state, to your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can be all in, but you got to ask yourself, is that sustainable? So when clients come in to work with me, they're like, I'm going to do a budget. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut that. And I'm like, no, we're not going to do any of that. So mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to talk about <laughs> what do you really value? That's we're going to understand what you want money to be able to do for you. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to create a realistic yes. zero based spending plan that's, that's right. going to honor who you are, what you want to do and yes. how much money you have coming in. Exactly. Because I tell clients, people are like, okay, I just won't buy it. No. No, no, baby. You've you know been doing this for how long now? I, yes. You can't just cut this out cold turkey. Go no. ahead and go to McDonald's. It's okay, right? <laughs> go ahead and buy your books. It is right. Oh, it is because buy it that is. coffee. It is Get it. okay. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is okay to be able to give yourself the things that bring you joy because yeah. once you remove joy from your spending plan, you might as well just throw the whole spending plan away. Oh, yeah, you not right. will not stick it. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's not realistic. So Mm-mm. It's not realistic. So you got to add joy into your life and find what those pockets of joy are for you. So pockets of joy for me, like I don't, again, you look, so y'all can see me on here, but I know you, <laughs> those who are listening can't see, but my nail's not done. My nail's mm-hmm. not done. Mm-hmm. You will probably never see me with my nails done because that's not what brings me joy. Right. But if you were to ever come in my house and go in my bathroom, you would find shower steamers. You would find, you know, oils. Mm -hmm. You would find because those are the things that bring me joy. And so Mm -hmm. I choose to spend my money only on the things that bring me joy and not the things that people feel I should have because this person or that person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have to align your budget with, again, or your spending plan, your spending plan with the things Mm -hmm. that you value and then align it with what you really want money to be able to do for you. And that's how you get through this season where you're able to live a life of balance. I love how we can come together and there's such synergy in the message. You know what I'm saying? There is so many, so much synergy in the message and that I love because that's the only way that you can actually, not the only way, but I feel like that's a holistic way in order to approach it because 
if you try to do the extremes, it's and well, y'all, you all family, you hear me say it all the time. The extremes in finance is just like extreme dieting. Yeah. How long can you do it? It's not sustainable. It is not it's sustainable. Not sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's just not mm-hmm. sustainable. And it's- we try to cut out all the fats, all the sugars, all of that. We're gonna work out five days a week and then we're gonna we're gonna do yoga on Sunday. And it's not, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not gonna do that. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you're not gonna do that. And it's it's just not sustainable. I love it. So what would you yeah, so what would honor, you call your you. season now? So if if Ooh. that was I since you're easing up on being broke on purpose. <laughs> I know that's a brand, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. for you, if you had to put a word on where you are now, if you had to put that in the brand, what would it what would you call it? I am in my thriving season. I am in my thriving season. And I have been I was in a season of survival for a long time. Okay, when I started broke on purpose, mm-hmm. I was just trying to survive. I was trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Once I paid off that large amount of debt, I was able to survive, right? And now I'm like, all right, girl, you good. You can survive. You can break. Like, it's okay. Start to thrive. I want to flourish in this season. And so um, that's kind of like how I'm transitioning what broke on purpose looks like. We're going from surviving to being able to thrive. And so I work with a lot of professionals who are coming in and they're just trying to get to a point where they can just survive. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, we're going to get you to that point. But let's figure out how we can allow you to thrive, too. So personally, I am in a season of thriving in sometimes when I say that it feels ironic because I got laid off in February. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I got laid off mm-hmm. from a six figure role in okay. February. Right. Mm-hmm. And I so I went back to coaching full time because I'm like, I was working in financial education in my full time job. Mm-hmm. Let's just go back and keep educating people on their finances. <laughs> and that's gonna change, right? right. I'm just working for myself now. It just amazes me how God it's just working in my life because yeah. I went from, again, having the security of six figures to being like, all right, girl, you're on your own now. But God was like, I got you. But you, I got you. Always, you about? always. I got you. And yeah. so I have been living my best life since I got laid off. Like, I thought I was going to be like, oh, my God, well, I can't oh, wait, what am I going to do? And now I'm just over here, like, again, living my best life and loving it. And so that's why I'm in my season of thriving. And ironically, also, I made a post on LinkedIn that said something along the lines of I am only aligning myself with roles and opportunities that allow me to thrive. And here I am laid off, stepped back into what I do best, which is help people with their money. And I am Mm -hmm. thriving and I plan to continue to be in the season for as long as God feels the need to keep me here, because I don't even know what comes after thriving. Is there anything above that? So that's the season of my life that I'm in right now. I'm thriving mentally, emotionally, physically. I'm thriving in my personal relationships. I'm thriving in my business. I'm thriving in the amount of clients that I have that I'm coaching. This is the most clients that I've ever had on my coaching Mm -hmm. business. So again, Mm -hmm. it was just like everything worked out for the purpose that it was yeah. necessary. Yeah. Yeah, it's Romans, right? 828, all things work together for the yeah. good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It, it, yeah. When you say you're thriving, I remember reading on your social media about your rich life, how you define yeah. your rich life. 
This is your rich life. It's not just all money. It's what's mm-hmm. valuable to you and just what you hold up as things that bring you joy. So yes. go on thrive, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I developed my rich life back in, I want to say 2017. That's when I started telling people like, we're going to be living lives with options because a lot mm-hmm. of us never have the option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always you have to do this. Like this is the only thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. So the first step is giving yourself the opportunity to make a choice. Can I spend yes. my money on this or mm-hmm. can I spend my money on that? And then you get to live what I like to call also a designer life. Like mm-hmm. it's not a life where you like have all these designer labels and mm-hmm. all these things. No, it's a life that you have designed. Yes. So if you say that I want to get up at this time and I want to be able to do this and I want to drink coffee on my lanai and I want to all these different things, mm-hmm. that is a life that you have designed and money gives you the opportunity to do that. But <laughs> you got to use it wisely. You got to use yeah. that tool. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get to the point where you're living your version of a rich life. I ain't got to be on the cover of magazines. You ain't got to see me here, there, flying out, doing this and that. But baby, my life is rich. Yeah. Okay. It's like, I am rich. (laughs) I will pull up in my paid off car, my 2013 paid off car. And baby, I am rich. Okay. Because I don't have a car payment. Right. (laughs) So there's so many different things that go in just creating this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it's not Mm -hmm. all about the material things it's just really getting to yeah. a point where you just love where you are you know your yes. money is doing what it's supposed to be doing in the background you don't got to worry about that your family is good your health is good and you're living your version of a rich life mm-hmm. and i want that for any and everybody who is listening yeah. to this podcast today to go out there and just really think about what does your designer life look like what does your mm-hmm. rich life look like mm-hmm. what do you really want money to be able to do for you not just pay your bills because it's gonna do that right but do you really want money to give you the opportunity to do and then go out there and figure out well how can i make that happen and you might have to go into seasons of frugality you know mm-hmm. you might have to live broke on purpose you might mm-hmm. gotta like admit to yourself hey i am being aimlessly broke but that's <laughs> when you just flip that switch and you start to figure out well how can i make the changes to be able to get here and it might look like you working with a financial coach like one mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. just sitting down mm-hmm. and allowing somebody to walk with you on that journey because right. there's no shame in that and there not. is no shame in asking for help avoidance is the biggest uh, i tell people avoidance when you avoid something you are doing yourself more harm than yeah. good mm-hmm. you just got to face it and when you mm-hmm. face it you'll be like wasn't that bad after all but sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to just step up and face it but no, we no, all right. have the ability to live the life that we want to live we just got to mm-hmm. take it I wow. thought about the little, I don't know if you've seen that video with the little boy where he's in the water and he's holding on and he's screaming and hollering because he thinks he's going to drown in the water <laughs> and he won't even look. He's avoiding it. Like he won't even look. And I, I don't know who tells him or what happens. I guess someone says, would you stand up? And he stand <laughs> and, and when he puts his foot, the feet down, the water is up to his waist, but he yeah, is. He like, oh, 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 I just overreacted. For, yeah, right. I have, I've seen mm-hmm. that. I, I think it was the mom who came up and was like, you don't stand up. Stand up, right. And so we, you're right. It's like that when we're not looking at our financial situations and we're doing the cosplay. So if we're doing the yeah, cosplay right. and we're mm-hmm. not looking at the financial situation, a lot, oftentimes it's, it feels like it's so much worse than yeah. what it is. And then when you put guilt and shame and all of that on top of it, it just makes it 
worse. And I, like you said, as, as coaches, we help you strip all that away mm-hmm. and actually mm-hmm. look at it for what it is ad- and address it. It's probably not as bad as you think it is. And, the only, and it's only bad because you just don't see the solution. Right now, you're not seeing the solution. Once you mm-hmm. see the solution, you see the light at the end of the tunnel and you just mm-hmm. have to take the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trusting yep. God, trusting yourself and, and trusting, trusting the process. process. Yeah. Right. And some clients, uh, you know, just like you said, like they can't see the forest for the trees because they're so consumed mm-hmm. in like right. their own situation. Yes. That's right. That they can't just take a step back and be like, oh, okay, this, I can figure this out. Right. And mm-hmm. so they need that support. But I tell you, a lot of times, we're so afraid of what other people are going to say that we don't realize that these people that we surround ourselves with are also struggling probably with the same things that That's you correct. are struggling with. That's right. And so I remember when I started to tell people about my debt and I started to just really talk about it because I was like, mm-hmm. what's out here now? I might as well just tell everybody about it now. <laughs> so I went into the graduate office. And all my graduate colleagues were in there and we mm-hmm. would all share this office. And I started to talk about my student loan debt. And I started to talk about the amount of debt that we have. And every single person in that room started to share. And I was like, hey, girl, I ain't going with that bad. Like, I, I guess I'm doing pretty good on him. <laughs> and, and I was just like, and it, it was, it was strange because I'm over here in my head, like, oh my gosh, they're going to talk all this junk about me. Mm-hmm. They're going to think I'm a fraud they're gonna think on this this and that but they are struggling with the same exact thing that i was struggling with right Mm -hmm. and so now we got to a point where we honestly in that room for the first time we all just started talking about money we started talking about different ways to pay things off like Mm -hmm. we just came together and just Mm -hmm. made it this thing that we started talk about on the regular so you would be surprised that within your friend group if you feel like you're struggling with money on your own if you just brought it up how many other people in your circle might feel like, oh, wait, this is a safe space. Like we're, we're sharing about this. Right. Like, I, let me share too, mm-hmm. you know? And I think because there is power in being able to share. There is power in your message. There is it power is. in having community or being mm-hmm. around community right. of people who are dealing with the same things that That's you right. are dealing with. Absolutely. And so when my family started to like hear about like oh like you have this much debt that's when other family members started to come to me confidentially and mm-hmm. ask me for different tips and tricks on like how they were going to pay off their debt like mm-hmm. people would message me like family members i hadn't heard from in years hey i just saw you on right to ray or hey i saw this and i'm so inspired i'm but people want to know that there mm-hmm. are other people out there that are going through the same things as them and they're able to solve those problems mm-hmm. and so if you could be that torchbearer but in be able to light somebody else's torch just think about the impact that you would have within your friend group within your family within your community of just sharing like your personal finance story and yes. how you were an overcomer yes. or how you're yes. in the process of yeah. overcoming absolutely yeah. but you know another thing it does when you share in those areas it eliminates the whole shame effect that mm-hmm. some people may have you ain't ashamed to say that no so then they'll come forward Some people won't say anything because they are ashamed. They believe that you're going to talk about them. You're going to look down on them. But mm -mm, they realize, like you said, the person next to you may have more or even greater amount of debt. Not more like instead of 212, 220, but they may have 400,000 worth. You just don't know. You just don't know. But 
having mm-hmm. a community and having a platform to be able to share it for us, it has been wonderful. It has been wonderful. We have a wealth and wisdom steward circle where we have a community of like-minded people who come together and share those things and learn ideals and strategies on Mm -hmm. how to eliminate that. Those DMs you were getting, that's what we're getting in this circle. And we're coming together and talking. And these are professional people. These are six-figure people. They're smart. They're resourceful. They're intelligent. And they want to build legacy and build wealth. And so they found the community. And I'm so glad that we came together, Wes and I, and created the Stuart Circle because it is a great platform for them to come together. So we can just be, because we share in there, we share our journey. Because believe me, we've had the same situations, the same thing (laughs) where scarcity mindset started as a teenager, as a teenager. So you have to grow through that. First, you got to recognize you got it. Mm -hmm. Then you got to grow through it. Educate yourself, just like you said, and take the steps and do the work to eliminate it and then share so you can thrive. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I I mean, you'll you'll find even now, like I I tell people like I'm always I'm all always in a season of learning Mm -hmm. i'm always in a season of like experiencing just because i'm a financial coach just because i hold these certifications does not mean that i will not make a financial mistake the other day i forgot to pay what i forgot to pay the electric bill (laughs) and i'm over here like why is our electric does somebody like what's going on and i realized well dang girl you didn't even pay the electric bill last month like what was going on with you so we 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 will continue to make these mistakes we will Mm because we're human Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the beauty of being human is the opportunity to make mistakes and then being able to learn from them. Yeah. So I never think that somebody is better than you. They know yeah. more than you because that's we're out right. here still every day figuring life out the best way that we can. Hoping and supporting one another. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Yeah. So our final question to you. Oh, yeah. What does having wealth and wisdom together mean to you? Wealth and wisdom together. That's a really good question. And I think having, being able to combine wealth and wisdom gives you the opportunity to maximize the gifts that God has given you Mm -hmm. and to really be a good steward of the resources that he has provided for you. Because when you have wisdom, you walk into the situation where you're given wealth and you can already determine what you need to do to be able to save that wealth, to grow that wealth, to pass on that wealth and to be able to just really utilize that wealth in a way that's going to allow you to be able to spread God's good news and to be able to just live the life that you want to be able to live. And so I think that wisdom is, like I mentioned before, it's going to be something that you're going to continually be able to curate because it's going to come from you living life. It's going to come from you being able to make mistakes. It's going to come from you taking risk and trying new things. But every time you do that, you gain that wisdom and you're able to pass it on and use it in a way that's going to allow you to utilize wealth in the way that you really want to be able to do that. And so that's what I think about wealth and wisdom. They go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. You cannot. Absolutely. A friend of ours tells us wealth without wisdom is a liability. 
Our friend, Mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Thomas, that's what he always Mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. Wealth without wisdom is a liability. (laughs) Yes, I I love that. That is that is 100 percent true. It is a liability. You just set yourself up for failure if you don't have wisdom with your wealth. Thank you so much. We love this conversation. As you can see, we can talk for hours. I know. know. We could. We could. This has been amazing. Thank you all for having me on the show. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As we do with every episode of Wealth and Wisdom Together, we like to seal this conversation with wisdom from the word. And today you heard Willa mention Romans 8, 28. And that says that all things work together for good to those who love God, or that in all things, God works together with those who love him to bring about what is good. We all have a purpose and our primary purpose is to love and honor God. It is to walk in his precepts. It is to walk in his truth. And when we are all striving to do that, then God is able to flow and work abundantly in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us. And so regardless of how it looks with our natural eye, when we can see things with our spiritual eye, we can always see the hand of God and how he orchestrates our lives. Our lives are like uh, a puzzle. If you could think of like like those big Ben puzzle pieces, it's got like 5,000 pieces. If you allow God to put the pieces of the puzzles in your life together, you will begin to see the whole picture. And this is exactly what has happened for Dr. Melody. She allowed God to use all the components of her life, worked it together for her good because she loves him and is all helping her and fulfilling her purpose. So to that end, we always ask our guests, how can our listeners get in contact? with them or reach out and follow them and learn more about them. Dr. Melody Wright has transitioned from broke being broke on purpose to I am Melody Wright. So you can reach her on her social media channels at I am Melody Wright. At the time that we had recorded this episode, it was still broke on purpose, but now it is I am Melody Wright. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We are your financial auntie and your big sister. And our end goal for you is always financial success with fulfillment and wealth on your terms. As you trust God, trust yourself and trust the process. Bye for now and continue to tap into the advantage of wealth and wisdom together. family if you would like to support us please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episode and if you found this episode valuable please share it with your friends and family on social media don't forget to follow and like us on instagram and facebook at wealth wisdom together your support means the world to us and helps us to continue to provide great content for you thank you for listening and look forward to another great episode next week